0: Hey, so thanks so much for joining me today. Title my message today is, I'm Not Doing That. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are here. You said that when we gather in your name that you're here in the midst of us. So we just acknowledge your presence. We thank you for all the things that you want to do for us. We thank you for all the things that you want to teach us. And we just openly want to receive from you now correction to teach us um, to walk closer to you. We just want to be corrected. We want to know truth. We want to know revelation knowledge. I thank you. You're going to speak through me and I'm honored and I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. God is so cool. I'm so in love with him. He's so good and he wants to teach us stuff and you know we got to be corrected. Sometimes we have to be confronted, yet at the same time he's so kind and he's so gentle. He really is. So anyway, my my message today, the title is I'm not doing that. And Jesus actually wants to talk to us about our faithfulness to him. You know, he I have been being taught by him lately that i'm so preoccupied with things you know our mouth says one thing but then our actions sometimes are different and we don't want to be hypocrites and really that's what we are when we're not doing what we say and so he was showing me that although i say god i'm going to i'll do anything i'll go anywhere i'm really preoccupied we're so preoccupied with things that We don't realize those things have overtaken us and surpassed our time and attention to a place of leaving our relationship and our commitment with him really empty. And um, so we're to the place where, you know, we might be saying it, but we're not doing it. We say we love him, but then when he asks us to lay something aside, what do we say? We inadvertently say no. So kind of like the rich man, we say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not selling my stuff. This is my life. And really what he's saying is, and not realizing it, was no to eternal life. Because his mind was on him. Our mind is so much of the time on us. He was so preoccupied with himself like we are and his stuff that we don't take Jesus seriously And um, we think it's okay to say no, and it really is not. And again, I know we're not saying it intentionally, but really, you know, how often have you heard yourself say, I'm not doing that, and then still think it's okay. It's so much out of our comfort zone. We say, I'm not doing that, but still... um, we think everything's okay. And it's really not. We're really living deceived. I'd like to read to you actually, um, some of that story with a rich man. And he he came to Jesus. And he he said, he was asking what he had to do to have eternal salvation. And Jesus said that, you know, the commandments, and he said, I do all the commandments. And then Jesus looking at him, I'm reading in verse 21, Loved him, and he said to him, You lack one thing. Notice how Jesus said he loved him. As he was saying this, You lack one thing. Go and sell what you have. Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, accompany me, walking the same road that I walk. I've read this, you know, time after time. And when God shows you and applies it to your life, it's so much different. And what I hear him saying is that this man was so comfortable that that is not one he, what he wanted to hear. And he said, I'm not doing that. And at, in verse 22, at that saying, the man's countenance fell and he was gloomy and he walked away grieved and sorrowing for he was holding great possessions. You know how that feels when you go to God and you're, you're just wanting him to give you revelation and you know, you're all excited to be with him. And then you get that little correction that really pulls on you. You know, you're supposed to do it, but you don't want to do it. And then you got to fight that good fight of faith. And you have to ask him to help you let it go. And that's where that guy was. But um, he actually walked away. Verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples. With what difficulty with all those who have possessions and wealth keep on holding it, enter into the kingdom of heaven? And um, verse 24, the disciples were amazed and bewildered, perplexed at his words, but Jesus said to them, how hard is it for those who trust and place their confidence and their sense of safety in riches can enter into the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. They were shocked and exceedingly astonished and said to him, to one another, then who can be saved? This man was asking how to be saved, and Jesus gave him the answer, and he walked away. And the disciples were shocked because of all the stuff he had. And they were saying, who can be saved? And Jesus glanced around at them and said, with men it's impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. So you know, it doesn't look like this is the best thing to do. It doesn't look like it makes any sense. what Jesus is saying that God has another way. So Peter starts saying to him, Behold, we have yielded up and abandoned everything once and for all to join you as your disciples, siding with you and walking the same road you walk. And that's what he was asking this man to do, to put it all aside and follow me. And anyway, verse 29, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has given up and left houses, brothers, or sisters, or mother or father, children, or lands for my sake and for the Gospels, who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So he's pretty much saying if you're willing to lay it all down, then... A hundredfold is going to be added to you. But when you got to hang on to what you have to be comfortable, then it's really your God. It really is. And it's going to control you, and you're going to miss eternal life. So maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not asking for eternal life. I just know that I'm going to be saved. But if that's what you're thinking, then you missed it. Because if you ask Jesus to be your Lord, That means you're in agreement with him. And if you're in agreement with him, then like this rich man and the disciples, Jesus is asking you to lay down your life and to follow him. And laying down your life and following him is coming into agreement with him. Being recreated to be like him and being willing to be his witness to do the greater thing than to just exist on the earth and um, maybe weave in and out of the narrow and the wide path. He's asking you to be like him. He's asking you to grow up, and he's asking you to go out to do his work. And so when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, it's not just a a prayer that is going to bring salvation to you, but it's a prayer of a of relationship. You're saying, Jesus, I want you to come live on the inside of me. I want to be a part of you. I want to live in your kingdom and have eternal life. And, you know, when the man was saying, what do I have to do to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Jesus was correcting him and saying, you got a God before God. And, you know, God has really been laying it on my heart that we have so very many gods before him. And to be right with him, to be in agreement with him, we need to let him tell us the truth. And we need to go to him and say, what do I have to do to have eternal life? What are you asking me to do? How, how am I in disagreement with you? What's in the way? But you know, um, in Luke, um, I think it's, Luke seventeen, Luke twelve twenty. Let me read this to you. Well, I'm going to read part of it to you. There was a man, um, and he asked Jesus to tell his brother. I believe it was to um, split his inheritance with him, and Jesus said that you know that that is none of my business, but. He said, be careful you're not preoccupied with stuff. Be careful you don't covet. And then um, he said, he told a parable about a man who had so much stuff that he had to tear down his storehouse and build a new one. And then Jesus um, was telling that God's going to say to him, on that day you fool this very night, the messengers of God will demand of you your soul. And all the things you have prepared, whose will he be? So it is with the one who continues to lay up and hoard possessions for himself and is not rich in his relationship with God. This is how he fares. And, you know, what he, he's saying is this is how you manage your life, your stuff. You're so preoccupied with your stuff in this temporary life that it's your God. And, you know, it says, it said, um, it 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 said that you're not rich in your relation to God. And that's where we need to be rich. That's what Jesus is talking about. You know, we ask Jesus to be our Lord and we really do think it's just a ticket to heaven. And you can tell that by how we act. You know, so much of the time in my own life, you know, God is confronting me. And he does it such a little bit at a time. He's so kind, and he's so gentle. And just a couple days ago, he asked me to do something. He caught me off guard. And just a couple days before that, I said, I'll do anything for you. I love you. And he asked me to do something, and it wasn't like the best time. It was like a spontaneous thing. I would have had done it right away. I wasn't prepared. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And um, it just happened so fast that I was able to do half of what he said. And I just quickly felt that really deep conviction that I just quick tried to do it, but it was halfway too late. And I felt so bad. And God was showing me, yeah, you love me. But, you know, it's about you. It's about you being comfortable and It's that way with all of us. You know, if God says, go spend some time with so-and-so, are we just like, oh, but I got plans and I just don't really want to do that today. And then we kind of let it go and then that voice fades away. And then it comes again, you know, um, and God is asking you to go spend time with this person and you keep putting him off, but you're saying, I love you, God. And he's saying, you know... He showed me, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, then you're going to care about what he cares about. And if he's asking you to go spend some time with someone, then he's going to use you in that person's life. He has a plan. You know, we say, oh, Jeremiah 29 11, I know the Lord has a plan for me. It's a good plan. And that's part of the plan. When he's prompting you and asking you to do something, that's part of the plan. We have to be faithful to him. We have to say, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. And I'm going to go do that. And I'm going to do it right away. You know, and what about giving money or giving something away? Maybe you just got a brand new outfit and God asked you to give it away. And it is a pull on your flesh. But what do you do? Do you just say, no way, I'm not doing that? Some people do, you know, and or is it a little bit of a struggle, but you're willing to do it? Are you willing to give somebody half of your inheritance? Are you willing to give something to someone or is your life all about you? Do you love you with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind or do you actually put that other person first? And God he he means what he says. He's saying that love is the most important commandment and when we're not willing to love because we're uncomfortable You know, so often I would hear God ask me to do things and I was so uncomfortable and I would say, well, I can't because of this or I need to have this first and really dictating to him to saying, no, I'm not doing that because of this circumstance or that circumstance. You know, when God started showing me that I felt terrible and he started teaching me and showing me that I can do what I can do for him no matter what my circumstances are if I don't care what somebody else thinks of me. And so he's been bringing me through that place to not care about what someone else thinks, but to totally just care what he thinks of me. You know, on that day, he's going to say "Many to many, I don't know you, you who practice lawlessness. And if we don't do what he's telling us to do, we're practicing lawlessness. But you know, like that rich man who walked away, I don't think that he realized that he was saying no to eternity as much as I don't think we're, we realize we're saying no to him. He knows our heart, and he's so kind and compassionate. And, you know, a little while later, I realized he's teaching me and brought me back to that place and saying, okay, now we've gotten rid of a little more of you. Are you willing to do this, or do you have to have this first? Or do I have to do this first? And he's so kind, he's so gentle, and he gets me to that place where I can do it. I know one time I said, I need you to help me do this, and I'm not okay until it's done. And he said, you have to be okay now before you can move on, before I can do anything. And that's faith. We have to be okay with where we are and who we are and what he's asking us to do. Because if we're telling him, What he has to do first, then really, who is God? Who is God? Is it us or is it him? And you don't want to be on that day hearing him say to me, say to you, and I don't want to hear it being said to me, Away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Many on that day are gonna say to him, Lord, we did this in your name, we did that in your name, and he's gonna say, I didn't know you. And So it's Christians that are going to say that because or we think we're Christians because he said many on that day who have done this or said they did this in my name and that in my name. um, I'm going to have to say to them away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So like the rich man, we really are smart if we're saying, what do I have to do to have eternal life? We can't just say no to him. We can't say, no, I'm not doing that. Because if we say, no, I'm not doing that, we're in that category. And he doesn't want to say that to us. It's going to break his heart. But we inadvertently say no to him. And so the way to break free from that is to constantly be on your knees and asking him to correct you and to show you truth to get rid of yourself. Just stop thinking about yourself and how you have to have this and have to have that and you have to look like this and you have to be that and you have to um, give this impression or whatever it is that's in your way. Get rid of it because everything here is temporary. And so ask yourself, examine yourself. Are you saying, no, I'm not doing that because you're uncomfortable, and you love you with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, ask yourself that. I just encourage you to do that. Because if you're not asking yourself, if you're examining, not examining yourself, if you're not asking him to correct you, then you're going to live your life deceived. And you're going to be thinking that you're right with him. And when you stand before him, you're going to be saying, but Jesus, I did this I did that. I taught Sunday school. But he's going to say, but you didn't obey me. You didn't do what I told you to do. And so then he has to say away from me. I never knew you who practiced lawlessness. You know, that, um, that rich man, he walked away. He didn't want that correction. His stuff made him so comfortable that he wouldn't even listen. And there's so many people that are like that who barely know Jesus. You know, they know a little bit about him. And so many people are turned off when they do feel that conviction. And God is showing them something because that's what he does in his presence. He shows you truth and gives you choices. And so as soon as it has something to do with their stuff or their comfort, which our stuff is our comfort, but it shouldn't be, then they turn away from Jesus, like the rich man. And so God is really asking us to lay it down. You know, so often the enemy says, God's just trying to take from you. And you know what? He is. He is trying to take all that stuff away from you that's keeping you from him and from eternal life. And like Jesus said, you're not going to give anything up without getting a hundredfold return. You know, when God asks you to lay aside something simple like that new outfit or, you know, give somebody 20 bucks at standing at the corner asking for money, that's nothing compared to what Jesus gave. He gave that plus. He, 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 let, he was here just a short time. And he gave all that up, his family, his life. Everything, his, his dignity, you know, everything for us, for you and for me. And he is asking you to do that same thing. He's asking you to lay it down and get on your knees and find out what's in the way, what he's asking you to do, you know, where he's asking you to go. And, you know, I, I was telling you how just a little while ago, a couple of days ago, um, or maybe it's a little more than that by now. But he asked me to do something, and I had a hard time with it. He caught me by surprise, and I felt so bad. I said, help me next time to just say yes to you. And, you know, even if I'm caught off guard, even if you just surprise me, help me to do it. I can't do it, but I want to do it. And, you know, I had that opportunity just yesterday, and it was so easy. I just walked right into it. Because I made the decision ahead of time, I was just going to do it. Whatever you want me to do, just, just tell me and I'll do it. And, you know, it wasn't in church. And lots of times in church, in a church building with Christians, it's harder to do what God is calling you to do because they have their rules. You know, they have their regulations. They have their beliefs. And so as soon as um, God asks you to do something, in my experience, in church, it's not too much fun because I know they really don't want God there because they're really managing things without Him in most churches and in most churches that I've been in, actually. So, But, you know, God is saying that, actually, today anyway. We are the church. It's not the building. It's not... A group of people. You are the church. And so you and I personally need to represent him and how we live our life and um, what we're willing to do, getting out of our comfort zone. You know, if he's asking you to give something away, just give it because he's going to give it back to you a hundredfold return. A hundred times as much as you gave, just being willing to put him first, he's going to give back to you. And So that's the challenge today. Are you willing to lay down your stuff? Are you willing to to lay down something simple and small or whatever he's asking you to lay down? Will you do that? Are you going to say, I'm not doing that? I'm not doing that. And ask yourself, why are you saying I'm not doing that? What does it have to do with what's the root of that? Think about that. Think about. How many times you've said, I'm not doing that. And then I want to challenge you to get on your knees and and repent and say, God, I'm sorry about all the times I said, I'm not doing that. And I didn't even realize it. And I'm asking you to give me another chance and to help me to do it. Let's pray that right now. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you are good and that you're only trying to get good to us. When you ask us to let go of something, it's because you want to give us more You want to give us something better. And so we thank you and praise you for that. And we just repent of all the times we said no to you because we were uncomfortable or afraid. And we just want to say yes. And we're asking you to help us do that because we can't do it without you. We can't see without you. So we're asking you to help us to see, to give us revelation, knowledge and wisdom and to walk in your kingdom right here on the earth. Help us not to be like that rich man and just walk away from you and say, I'm not doing that. Help us to be able to do it. Help us to truly be your disciple and to um, accept and to, to be taught by you the revelation knowledge we need to walk in your kingdom and represent you so we can do that greater thing, that greater work. So we're not just being hypocrites and saying one thing and doing another. Thank you for your help. ask you to just prepare us and change us and teach us, grow us up, grow us up, to recreate us in your likeness and to send us out to do your work and to know that our life here is temporary, our stuff is temporary, and it's a trick from the enemy for us to think it's all about all that stuff. And so we put you first, we love you, we praise you, give you all the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. And you know, I want to pray for you too as well. Um, If you've never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, uh, you should know that he said that he's already knocking at the door of your heart. And if you ask him to come in and be with you, live with you, he will. He said he's going to come in and dine with you. He's going to teach you, he's going to correct you. And it's a commitment to live in his kingdom, to be in agreement with him, to commit to him. It's not just a ticket to heaven. And so if you wanna commit to him, if you wanna receive all he did for you, if you wanna be a part of him and, and what he's doing, God's purpose on the earth, then I want you to pray with me and ask him to come and live on the inside of you. You know, he gave his life so his spirit could come and live on the inside of you. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. By His stripes, you were healed. He shed His blood so you could be right with the Father. If you want to receive all that good that He did for you, then just pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you for all you did for us, and we receive that. And we want to be your disciple. We want to be a part of what you're doing. We don't want to be about ourselves, we don't want to be dictating to you, but. We want you to show us your way, your way of love. We wanna be a witness, we wanna make a difference. And so we thank you and praise you, we're asking you to come live on the inside of us and just take over. Love you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And you do, you just wanna ask him to take over, just take over, cause I can't do this. And so, um, if you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, I'd love it so much if you let me know. And you should know that he is his word, John 1.1. And so when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, then you want to look at him every day. You want to look at the word of God and let him teach you who he is. You want to give him time and attention every day. And if you don't make time for him, your relationship is going to be stagnant and it's just going to grow old and break off just like any other relationship. So you got to talk to him every day, worship him, get on your knees and hear him talking to you. And he's going to give you a peace, and you're you're just going to know that you're following him through that peace. He's going to make himself real to you. He said, if you love me, you will obey me, and I'll show myself to you. So thanks so much for listening today, and God bless you.